Cheesy penis. That's not good. You don't That's want not, a penis. You don't cheese. want a cheesy penis. I don't think so. It seems like the bad part of the, the penis. The, the I mean, as long as, as long as it's not the naturally occurring cheese. If you want to apply your own cheese to the penis, that's, oh, yeah. know, I mean, that's your business. Melt down a baby bell and slather that shit on, son. Ouch, doesn't that cause burning penis? That's burning not worse than hot wax. Well, okay. I mean, sure. That's also bad, though. Burning Let's... wax penis and, yeah. Be careful, is the message when applying Baby Bell to your dick. Oh, good, we're in. We're doing it. Yeah, I'm so excited. About what? Oh, we've got a great podcast lined up. Today? Yeah. Great! This got, one is going to be great. We got the best, po- the worst, the somewhere in between the best and worst podcast ever recorded on the internet, my friend. I didn't think today's was going to be any different. Oh no 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 no! Is this is the this is a, this is the Podtoid Fisty special? Fisty to commemorate a special item I have, which we will be talking of in this show this week. We got a good show lined up. We have got uh, another Gordon Ramsay pitch. Oh, okay. We've got a story of my brother's penis. Okay. And we've got the bitch fist. What is the bitch fist? No, <clears throat> I'm holding it as I speak. It's a real physical item. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian Green is a Podtoid fan. Um, he, he might be a bit mental, <laughs> but then he is a member of the, the Shattered, the Podtoid fan base, so that goes without saying. Um, he is either very generous or very rich or both. He has bought gifts, I think, for all of us before, Brian Green. Um, he bought me the alien hands, the big alien xenomorph arms that I've used in the Jimquisition a few times. Um, he, he gets stuff up, you know, just random items off the, the Amazon wish list. More recently, he was the guy who sent me a message that was like, um, do you really want me to jizz on a, on a photograph of you? Cause I can do that if you want. Um, and I said, no, you're okay. When I mentioned contributes in earlier episodes, I was kind of being facetious. Mm. Um, but that doesn't stop Jacob P and vid sermon to other Podtoid listeners from coming on things for my delight. Um, but anyway... Are you delighted with that? Uh, it, it's a kind of delight. It's a kind of horrified, a piece of me is irrevocably broken delight. Um, but that's what happens. <laughs> that's not delight. That's not what delight means. <laughs> I think it's, that's more like uh, traumatized is what you're describing. For word meaning. Yeah, it's it's a kind of it's it's kind of what delight would be in Silent Hill, really. <laughs> but anyway, Brian Green mm. bought me some lovely things on my Amazon wish list, mm-hmm. um, mostly snacks from the UK, which are in transit on their way to me, which oh, is nice. very kind. But little did I know that the the wish list gifts were a I, I don't want to say a ploy. But they were a, a means to deliver what he really wanted me to have. Because today I got a package which contained something else. 
Because obviously if you want to send me things that aren't on my wish list, the only way to do it is to buy an item on the wish list and then you can throw in extras. And he threw in a pretty big extra. A life-size extra. Life-sized? I'm holding in my hand. Another hand. A big, rubbery, life-sized, clenched fist arm. Forearm. Forearm? Belonging... To the porn star Bella Donna. Bella Donna. What? How did it belong to her? Is it like a plaster cast it's, of her? It's modeled on her hand. On her. Okay. It's like cuts off about a couple of inches before the elbow would. And it's terrifyingly detailed. Like, it's got. You know how the human skin has the kind of crisscross cracked texture to it when you look up close? Mm-hmm. That's how detailed this is. It's got pores on it. It's got creases in the wrist. It's got veins at the bottom. It's, I mean, it looks, it's a very detailed, realistic hand clenched into a fist. Okay. Uh, It's rubbery. It's sticky. It smells weird. And it's called the Belladonna Bitch Fist. It smells weird? Not like poops, right? Um, just in case there's any confusion, this is a, supposed to be a sexual aid. Oh. This is supposed to go up my ass, Jonathan. <laughs> a this... woman's, a real porn star's, simulation of a real porn star's, what color is it? Skin colored. Yeah. Like, it's, it looks like I've cut off a girl's arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like ice truck killer shit. That I've got now on my desk. Because it stands up of its own power. And uh, just to let you... I mean, see if you can hear this. This is me bashing the desk with it. Oh. That is some fucking... I could kill a man with this. I could smack a man to death with Belladonna's bitch fist. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's life-size. So this would... If I lubed this up and sat on it... It would. Ex- this is exactly what it would feel like if if Belladonna herself twas in the room, shoving it up my choco portal. You see, I'd, I'd have to lose a little bit of respect for her. I just, you know, it's like when you shake someone's hand and they have, you know, just this really sort of limp, unfeeling handshake. That's what I would feel like, you know, with this sort of rubbery kind of not really firm fist <laughs> up the anus. Yeah, she's like Plastic Man fisting. Well, I mean, this isn't that yielding. I mean, it's oh. solid inside. That's the thing, like, like if I... This has been designed, like, if you squeeze it, you only really get the same amount of yield you'd get from squeezing an actual hand. Like, you'd get it, it would push into, like, skin level. And then it's, like, just dense inside. Mm, so it, it's so not... Heavy. Yeah. It's like so I said, you... I, I bashed the desk with it. I could kill a small boy with this. <laughs> so how would you, if you put it up in there, I you could just see you threatening your stepson. <laughs> <laughs> just chasing you around the house. <laughs> Belladonna bitch fist. Who needs a leather belt? Yeah. When you've got Belladonna's bitch fist. If you steal another cookie, it's Belladonna's <laughs> bitch fist for you, boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is, it's supposed to be, you know, the most realistic feeling you could have. Like, this is as close as I can get, um, 
to being fisted by Belladonna without writing her a polite email and asking if she can come around and do the job herself. Which Is that what people like about her? Her gonna put her hand in your boat? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jonathan. I've got the packaging. Mm. Okay. Let's just let's just slot that on the desk. It stands up of its own power. It's just The packaging does too? It's no, no, just the the hand. I've 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 placed sure. it down by its base. And now it just kind of wobbles in the breeze when I move the desk a bit. Christ almighty. So this is Doc, this is a Doc Johnson product, so you you know this is quality. On the package, we've got Belladonna's beautiful face on the front. Belladonna's beautiful face on the back. Um, lovely looking lady, and such a talent. Hmm. Um, first thing it says, you want some of this bitch. <laughs> it's an aggressive opening marketing tactic. They're calling me a bitch, or they're saying that she is a bitch? There's a, there's a like, comma. You want, you want some of this bitch, or you want some of this bitch? The comma after the this implies that we are the ones being uh, degraded. Okay, um, good. So that's good, because, you know, it, it, it it's not sexist. <laughs> Which is the real concern with when I've got a rubber anal dildo in the shape of a woman's hand. I want to make sure that this is progressive <laughs> you want some of this bitch so it starts belladonna's bitch fist molded directly from belladonna and that's the front packaging wow you we turn it around <laughs> you remember when you used to read porn like porn blow up sex doll packaging on oh, hot toys in other episodes yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun when you're not holding the thing you're reading. <laughs> then it becomes very Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> okay, on the back. She's the kinkiest girl in porn. And when she makes a fist, she knows just where it's going. Get as nasty as you want to be with Belladonna's bitch fist. <laughs> An exact replica cast from the superstar herself. And exactly what you need to test your threshold for pain and pleasure. Whoa. Um, pain? They put pain first? Well, I mean, this looks like it's going to hurt me. <laughs> he said with inevitability. Um, yeah. Do you think it was intended for the male butt? Or do you think it was more of a... A lady hole job. Yeah, I'm sure women are buying these left, right, and center. I I think it's. I don't know. I mean, I think it's supposed to go up the a hole. Really? I think. I mean, it says she's the kinkiest girl in porn. I mean, that's a direct lie because I've seen way worse. But. <laughs> she, well, it could be. You know, women may enjoy that product. But as a, well. a, a fist up the mm-hmm. a fist up the JJ isn't that kinky. I mean, I don't it know. It's not, no. What? Not in 2013, it's not. It's not? No. No, not, not when we... Well, here's the thing. Once we could all share kinks on the internet, then yeah. it became sort of this, like, one-upmanship thing. So you think your shit's yeah. crazy? Check out my shit. Yeah. Well, and, and now aware of this stuff. Kinky now and is, he... like, scarily specific stuff. Really? Like, drawings of cars 
having sex with each other. <laughs> or or, or actually just fucking a car exhaust. You know, it's gotta be... Like the man in Sweden recently who died trying to fuck a hornet's nest. I heard a little bit about that, but I don't know the specifics. Yeah, he... Is it um, just that? Yeah, that's the story. Yeah. That's all you need, really. I think your imagination fills in the blanks. Um, the hornet's kill? Yes. Apparently he was bloated to the point where they thought it was a whale's to- uh, carcass. So... <laughs> so... so <laughs> So when I'm trying to impress the girls at the bar, I will say I'm not fat. I've just been trying to fuck hornets. So have <laughs> have sex with me so I don't do it again. <laughs> My life's in your hands now. Or your bitch fist, as the case may be. Um, just read off the uh, features. Moulded directly from Belladonna. Feel the incredible sensation of fisting. Non non phthalate body safe material. Non phthalate. Yeah. So don't phthalate the fist. F- phthalate. P h p h t h a l a t e. Oh, I thought they didn't want you to phthalate the hand. That's impossible. Yeah, you never know. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Carrot Top could probably fit in his massive maw. Good old Carrot Top. That would be a good comeback prop comic routine for him. Yeah. Yes, it would. Carrot Top's his bitch fit. Oh, that's an awful image. <laughs> <laughs> um, antibacterial Scylla Gel Formula. So that's what this is made out of. They, they want us to know this isn't latex. This is Scylla Gel. Um, and my favourite feature... <laughs> My favourite feature, the last one, proudly made in America. <laughs> Amazing race, Belladonna's bitch fist. Well, you know, it's kind of it's it's interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong; we have a very sexually repressed culture, but I think I'd really, you know, feel more confident getting my kink out of Japan, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a culture that knows kink. Yeah, I mean. It, 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 it would be like buying an American-made car. Right. I'm worried mm. this thing will break down inside of me. <laughs> and I do not want that. I do not want to end up on the internet as one man, one fist. Um, and the only thing that, that confuses me is the thing at the bottom that says sold as a novelty only. Do they make... Sold as a novelty only. So do they? Do they not actually? Is, is that they're out in the event that it does break down in your ass? That's what I'm thinking because, I mean, like they could be like, oh, we didn't actually intend for anybody to use it, despite you know explicitly stating so in large lettering all up and down the packaging, because we said it was just a novelty. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like, it, is that just legalese or? Or will I be making a mistake tonight? <laughs> That's the question. You um, could poop it out if you had to. That's a good thing about butt stuff, from what I'm told by the but experts. But what if you couldn't? Is that you can poop it what out. If, what if you wind up wrist deep, and you just can't expand your anus you know, yeah. back out to, to extract it? Or, or what you if could I, have an impacted fist. What if I slide mm. it up there, and then, like... 
barbs shoot out of it, <laughs> like like an arrowhead, just downward and grips inside. So right, I can't are, are pull you, it out. Are you buying your sex toys from Jigsaw's <laughs> sex shop? Like, what the fuck? Well, this came from a Podtoid fan. It could... Mm. Uh, fair, it, fair do, yeah, fair do. It could be literally anything. I could stick it up there and sh- hooks could come out from nowhere and grab me and then there's Pinhead just we modernized. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you don't put it in your ass hole. It's, because... it's a sex toy in my house. It takes one night home alone. And I know myself. Well, and, and you get a gift, you know, it seems disrespectful not to try to use it, right? Uh, no. I don't, you could use it for something else. You know, it's like your aunt sends you a sweater. You don't really like the sweater, but you figure you ought to give it a try once. I Maybe when she's in town. Yeah. I did, can you use it to uh, butter toast or... Hold, hold things up, uh, you know, the, the door knocker, shoehorn. Maybe you can use it as a shoehorn. I think eventually the, the final use of this is going to be determined by math. <laughs> I'm going to have to weight a graph and, and pos- position on one axis um, the previous record-breaking size of a foreign object in me versus my natural sense of competition. Competing with who on this? Myself. <laughs> Can I break a world record? For your own. For my own. Your yeah, own world. To go into own. the sterling book of records. The least impressive book ever committed to manuscript form. Um, but that's the Belladonna Bitchfish, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Doc Johnson. Uh, don't know how much it costs. Uh... Too much to be sending people off the internet. Uh, but thank you, Brian Green. Um, you've sent me all sorts of cool things. You are a lovely boy. Mm, sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, I'm sure I've talked to him. I think I have. I don't think he sent me stuff, though. I've gotten stuff from Frankie, uh, who sent us the Willem Dafoe dolls mm. and Buddy Buddy's checks Mix. And I've gotten stuff from Sir Jave the First, who sent me some Totoro slippers that my dog promptly ate. But I kept the parts anyway and still look at them. They're nice. Uh, Jim, you wrote about eager nipples in a tight thong today on on Destructoid. And it says 427 comments already. I'm going to like it, too. Now it has four likes. Just pressed it. What happened there? Tell us about it's a sexy pod toy. Tell us about the nipples. <laughs> I've wanted you to ask me that question for years. <laughs> Not your nipples. Oh. oh, well, that has damaged my self-esteem. Uh, your nipples are fine. Are they fine? They're, I haven't asked before. They're, they're mediocre. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a story we did today. Um, Hawken, the uh, um, mech shooter, done by me, uh, published by Meteor, I believe is the name of the company. But Meteor, Meteor's CEO is a man called Mark Long, who hung up in the office in, in the offices of Meteor a, a drawing of a woman uh, wearing very small jean shorts, 
and a very small shirt which showed the bottom half of her breasts. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they called her Ruby Underboob, was the the affectionate name that the, the girl was given on the picture on the wall. And an anonymous female employee didn't like it. She thought it was, you know, not good. And kind of thought of a, a fun way to make the point by getting her other friend, an artist uh, who works at Meteor, to draw um, Brosy the Riveter. Which was a, a man naked with a thong, with a giant package in the middle, and sent his eager nipples ready to blaze. And they took down Ruby Underboob and put up Brosie the Riveter. Um, and then they heard the CEO shout, What the hell is this? when he came in. And they thought they had gone too far. But then he came up to her later in the day and said, That was a great practical joke. I have learned my lesson. The girl picture goes back on the wall, though. Mm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so fucking get that up there. <laughs> um, so and editorializing is, that last bit. Just in the offices, this this image wasn't... Was it on their website, too, or... Was oh, it, uh, apparently it was in their offices. Apparently everyone who went into those offices, like, would see it. Weird. It was very publicly hung and demonstrated. Um... Mm. And and it was an interesting story, I felt. There are, there are debates about it. There are many who are like, well, it kind of missed the point because apparently Mark Long decided that Ruby Underboob would go back up on the wall, but Brosie the Riveter would go up next to her. So now it's that well, whole yeah, everything's equal thing. Yes, everybody can be objectified and treated like shit. That's a really good compromise. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's like... On the one hand, okay, ha-ha, everyone's equal, brackets. Uh, not brackets, quotation marks. Everyone's equal, quote. Um, but then on the other, some people have pointed out it kind of misses the point um, because the, photo, the the picture that was kind of distressing some female colleagues is still there. So, But either way, I thought it was... What I liked, because I like to see the positive sides of things in life, um, the bit I liked was that even though he may have missed the point, he at least accepted the point, you know? Yeah, he, he understood that there was a point to be gotten. Yeah, he wasn't... Before then, he wasn't thinking about what people might think about him putting that up on the wall. And then when it was illustrated to him, he kind of at least accepted that it was a problem, even if he may have dealt with the problem wrong, as some, some people are pointing out. At least... Once it was pointed out, he wasn't a total dick about it. And um, the, the anonymous employee herself said that some of these people come across as assholes because of the way they're acting. But it's not that they're assholes; it's that they literally don't know. Um, and that rolls into the whole idea of people being privileged and whatnot. And 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 because privilege breeds that kind of ignorance of that. They the other side of someone's story the the other person's perspective has just never been given to them before. So it's kind of like this, it's like explaining a new color to someone who hasn't mm. seen a new color, you know? Um, so those things need to be pointed out. And, and I've always been a big fan of, of just taking someone aside and, and saying, this is an issue. Here is my problem. Um, don't be a dickhead, <laughs> you know? Uh, I've always been a fan of that approach. Um, not that I'm, saying I'm the man with the, all the right answers. 
because I just spent 20 minutes describing a big rubber fist. So, who knows? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the last human on Earth who should be uh, telling other people what to do. Well, I don't know. You're just speaking your mind, giving some tips. And I would agree with you that it sounds like he didn't get that. It mattered that he might be making any woman who comes into that place feel like, oh, I'm just entering the, you know, semen-soaked frat house now. That's not going to be a place for me. Because that's how an underboob picture on your way into the office might make you feel, so I'm told. Semen-soaked frat house. It's a quote. Yeah, and... Yeah. My my, my office is semen-soaked. <laughs> it it but, is bad. Um, but you wouldn't want to advertise that with a picture. Exactly. Uh, I want to trick people into coming in here. And then I know that they're, they're stood among the filth and the dirt. It's like I've won something. I once heard tell of a person. I, I don't know. I, and, and, and thankfully, I think years of alcohol abuse have caused this to just be wiped completely from my memory. But I, So I can't confirm that this was actually a person I knew. <laughs> but I heard tell of a guy who was trying to paint a dresser in his living room. With his own spunk. Oh, really? Because he had a black light in his room, and he wanted <laughs> it to glow. Wow. Oh, wow. You didn't want to just use a uh, black light paint? Well, it doesn't really have the personal touch, now does it? <laughs> I guess not. It's too impersonal. Uh, we all have our tastes, I guess. I guess this uh, Hawken thing has shown up on a website. I think it's called the Hawkeye Initiative. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. That's where the, the, the story's been sourced from, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I was just hearing about it off of Ashley Birch's Twitter. And that whole initiative is hilarious. It's my new favorite idea. Uh, I guess I'll talk about it since I started talking about it. You take a, a image of a woman from a comic book, and you replace the woman with the comic book character and movie character, Looks like they're mostly using the Jeremy Renner movie version of the character Hawkeye and um, put Jeremy Renner in that exact position. Mm. And then you can tell if it is a stupid, uh, semi-sexually objectifying and or just ridiculous and, you know, uh, pandering, pandering to horniness image. And if it looks stupid, if Hawkeye does it, then it is in fact stupid. And I'm looking at a picture of Hawkeye right now. Sticking his butt out like a member of Cyberforce. At least I think that's Cyberforce. And it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, and and I, I think there are many kind of initiatives like that in the world. Um, for example, if, say, someone's being harassed um, and, and inappropriate comments are being made to someone on a podcast, um, and people don't realize that's a problem, and unless it's a, a beige-skinned, bald man that, that it's being done to in many ways podtoid is the leading light of american civilized society so what that i am like you're hawkeye. our hawkeye <laughs> and making me figuratively or metaphorically stick out my rear end on the radio yeah whatever this is shows how bad it is to yeah. Have reruns stick out on podcasts? That's what I tell people when when they tell me 
quite rightly that this podcast is a load of puerile shit. I can just say, no, no, there is a deeper level. The Holmes Eye Initiative. Holmes Eye? Yeah. What eye is that? <laughs> you really do walk into these things, my friend. I don't know, I'm just curious. Uh, think, think Belladonna's Bitch Fist. For, for the general region of, of what one of your eyes we're talking about. Uh, your anus. That's not an eye. <laughs> it is. It's your, it it's, is your squ- it's your squinting little eye. It's your squinting. dirty, sinful little eye. <laughs> I don't think butts are sinful. They're just stinky. Oh, you just know what goes stay on. Stay away. What's we, that? We all know what goes on in there. I don't really believe in sin, anyhow. That's just me, I guess. It's kind of a guideline for bad ideas, sometimes. But butthole pleasures, whatever. It's just a passing trifle for some. <laughs> Not something to get too worked up about. Yeah, it's just my opinion. Anal, the passing trifle. <laughs> yeah, it's just whatevs. That would, you know. That's the name of your autobiography. <laughs> Jonathan Holmes, anal, the passing trifle. Pass me the anal trifle, mum. Mm. Uh, so I want to talk to you about my brother's penis. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, got a message from my brother the other day. Uh, this is the brother I lived with in, quote-unquote, the flat for a while, for a couple of years. Or was it just one year? It... Time really was irrelevant in that place. Um, so he he had surgery recently. Um, he's cleared me to to speak about this. Uh, or he had a surgery done on his cock. Oh, what? Why? On on, on his on his penis, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. On on his what I call the little the little homes. <laughs> you call all penises Holmeses or just little, little Holmeses? Just little little is. Do I look that much like a penis these days? No, I just associate you with them a lot. Really? Yeah, oh. just that's what I think about when I think of you, Jonathan Holmes. Cock. Oh. And I don't oh. mean that insultingly. I just mean when I think of you, I think of some serious D. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, my brother had. To- uh, balanit- balanitis xerotica obliteron. What? Is that a disease? Tightening of the foreskin, my friend. Oh. It's, uh, yeah, I've heard about this. It's where the foreskin gets, uh, basically, I call it the old helmet strangler. I've never heard of this before. It, uh, yeah, it, it, the, the, the foreskin, in some cases can tighten and close around the end of the penis. Almost like it's a greedy foreskin and it's like, no, this is mine. Um, It's obviously, you know, painful, makes intercourse, urination uh, difficult. So he got referred... Now, I'm going to read this. He sent me the message. I'm going to read it out um, as he wrote it, okay? Okay. Ah. I basically picked up a skin condition called balanitis erotica obliteron, which is basically tightening, so I got referred for the old snip. Me and Louie, uh, this is just me talking here, Louie is another man we lived in the flat with, um, me and Louie came up with a funny thing 
that I should try and keep it, the foreskin, and then we'll cook it up and Louis will eat it. We'll film it and post it on YouTube. <laughs> so if you've heard any of the stories about the flat, this kind of makes sense in context. Um, so yeah, this is back to my brother's story. Um, my brother, if anyone is interested, he goes by the name of Warrior. So that he goes by the name Warrior. That just that's not a name. That's a that's a label. That's it, like, a, like like in everyday day to day life, like walk down the street, like hey Warrior, what's up? A lot like, of his friends will just call him Warrior, yeah, or the Warrior. Um, it okay. just it just makes the rest of the story work better knowing that. <laughs> Love my brother. So yesterday I asked whether I could keep it. The guy was asking why the hell I want to keep it, so I just said, like, for sentimental value. But turned out I wasn't allowed. They had to send it for testing. So testing? I, what? I guess the doctors will it's take horse the skin and then, you know, do run tests on it and discard it safely. Rather, uh... than, rather than let a man take it home to fry it up and eat it. <laughs> I want to know what tests they're performing on the foreskin. I don't know. I mean, again, I, it's that's less suspect knowing what the original owner wanted to do with it. So anyway. Oh, no, sure. No, sure. But I mean, they could have just said, no, it's biological waste and we need to dispose of it. I don't know. But they said they want to run tests. What are these tests? <laughs> I that think was they a were question like... coming out of my mouth. Not like, oh, you're not going to let me take my foreskin home and eat it. It's like, wait, what What test? What's wrong with me? What do you think is wrong with me? <laughs> Maybe no one knows what causes the the, the, the condition. And mm. so they always test every every scrap they rip off. And um, But anyway, I've got to get back to my brother's story. Mm. Um, so I go in for the op. I remember being brought round and just doing the biggest fart. All the nurses, like, what the fuck was that? And then I went back to the ward. After about an hour, the nurse that brought me round came by. He said, do you remember me? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. He then says that when he was trying to bring me round, I kept making drunken, drunken ramblings, pulling off the oxygen mask and shouting, where's my foreskin? Give me back my foreskin. My friend's going to eat it. So, yeah, uh... <laughs> Don't quite know what they thought of that one, and I was completely out of it. I don't remember that all. Just semi-conscious outbursts. End of story. Oh, I'm, I'm strongly suspecting that they were not really running tests. They were thinking, you know, what? A, what's the risk-reward ratio for us to give this guy a foreskin to be eaten by... Because he told them he was going to do it. Well, he told them at first it was for uh, sentimental value. But he told them when, uh, under anesthesia, it sounds like, that he, he wanted it to fry it up. and Yeah. Yeah, well, so I they, mean, the, they were on to him, I think. The chain of events was, before the operation, he said, can I have my foreskin? They said, why? He said, sentimental. They said, no. And, oh. then, and then they put him under, did the operation, and then he half woke up afterwards shouting, where's my foreskin? My friend's going to eat it. <laughs> All right, I misunderstood. Yeah. So they already said no. Well, maybe, maybe for him, that was the thing that was making this all worthwhile. Like, mm. you got to see that through. This is important. 
the earth. I just love this the sense of urgency yeah. that I'm envisioning of him just desperately. Like, one I need it, my foreskin right? yeah. back. Pulling off the oxygen mask like normally in a film that would be like someone saying, "Is my wife okay? Is my wife okay?" But no, it's where's my foreskin so we can cook it up for my friend to eat for YouTube. <laughs> my family, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. That's oh, something. I didn't know much about each other before. That's uh, not what I feel like I do. Yeah, it's it's an interesting clan I come from. <laughs> uh, we're all very different people. We're all wrong in our own way. And proudly so. And he's still back in the UK then? Yeah, yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, in further video game news, does anyone care that there's a new Scribble Knots? Not really. DC characters. DC characters. Yeah. I... Uh, you know, tugs at those heartstrings, those old comic book nostalgia strings. Eh? I, will, I will buy it. I will put it in the machine. I will write Scarecrow. I will point, <laughs> smile, take the disc out, and return it. Well, how many of these characters were in Scribblenauts anyway? I thought there was already... Quite a few DC characters because they were tied with Warner Brothers and DC already. No, I don't think any. Oh, that's what I know. I haven't been up on my Scribblenauts facts, I guess. It was all copyrighted license stuff. Um, Yeah, I think that's that's the safer route for them at this point, is you just really stick to all of the copyrighted (laughs) license stuff. Yeah, it'd it'd be a breath of fresh air for them to actually talk with a content creator and rights holder and find out if they can legally use a thing before using it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I saw the screen with uh, Dead Robin's outfit in the background. Batman and Robin looking so serious and a big dinosaur. And that got me excited. I thought that could be good. I've also read that uh, the character, what is his name, Johnny Street? Is that his name? You guys familiar with him? Of the streets? No. I'm going to find out his name for you guys. Um, one of the few trans characters in DC that was a member of the Teen Titans is going to be in it. So that's good. Huh. Yeah, they're uh, opening it up a bit. They're, they're not sure how many Vertigo characters they're going to use in general. Uh, Vertigo is a little bit mature. For those who don't know, Vertigo is um, DC's, like... More for adults, less superhero-ish, more psychological, creepy, good times uh, characters. And they probably won't have Watchmen characters either, but I think his name is Johnny... I'll get back to you on it. We'll talk about other things in the meantime. I'm blanking on his name. He was created by Grant Morrison, who's a great comic book writer. Uh, I want to interview Fifth Cell and just be all... Is Ratcatcher in it or not? Is the Great White Shark in it or not? Is Killer Moth in it or not? Is Lockup in it or not? Is Jane Doe in it or not? Just just all the shitty is Zeus in it or not? What about that one who thinks he's a fucking three musketeer? Is he in it or not? It's Danny the Street. That's my mistake. Danny the Street. Is I wonder Calendar if Flex Man Mentolo in it will be not? in it. Do you, you know about Flex Mentolo? Oh, you should buy Flex Mentolo, you guys. Flexmentolo. Uh-huh. It's right. just a giant hairy man in uh, leopard print shorts that are tight. And he flexes 
at things, and then they explode. Right. And it says "Hero of the Beach" in neon letters above him every time he flexes hard. Nice. Yeah, Flex Mentalo, check him out. Is Flex Mentalo in it or not? Itself. <laughs> Is amygdala in it or not? Whoa, who's amygdala? Just a big guy who is angry all the time. But he's not the Incredible Hulk. He's a load more shitter than that. I haven't heard of him. Is he like uh, Solomon Grundy? He's just a huge, mental, angry, strong man. Is he a Batman villain, then? Uh, Yeah. Oh, Amygdala. Amygdala. Yeah, sounds alright. Yeah, I've got an article up now saying some stuff. Oh no, they erased it already. Yeah, it's already very hush-hush about who will be in it and who's not. There's an article up on Tiny Cartridge all about it, but it looks like they've already edited it, mm. so I don't know anymore. Is Humpty Sorry. Dumpty in it or not? <laughs> I forgot about Dumpty. He's pretty good. He's alright. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like those Batman villains best, probably. Yeah. Mm. So what else happened in video games? Nothing. We're in a pre-E3 lull, it seems like, unless I missed anything. Yeah, it's it's not a lot going on. Um, Namco Bandai said they're going to treat Dark Souls 2 like a AAA title because they're idiots. What does that mean? Don't it they means know? they're going to spend a huge amount of money in marketing, expect it to sell 5 million copies, and then wonder why their financial results are disappointing. Because AAA game development is a bloated carcass. Fucking idiots. I felt that way for a long time, and I am happy. It's. It, I hate to say that people's failures are, are pleasing me, but it, it does resonate with me and make me feel like uh, my concept of reality is valid. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's finally happening. Every time one of these fucking companies comes up and says, Well, the, the thing we thought happened didn't happen, <laughs> it, the world makes a bit more sense. I've been saying it for years. Don't spend this much money, and you don't have to. You can spend a little bit of money with an interesting idea and uh, make your money back, and everybody's happy. Yeah. You get money, the the game makes money, the game gets well, bought. Dark Souls succeeded, and as did Demon Souls, mm. through word of mouth, through being viral, um, through spending what it needed to spend to succeed. Mm. And it seems like their approach with Dark Souls 2 is to ignore all that. Is to ignore the the thing, the very thing that made Dark Souls succeed. I, this is what happens. I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, the guys... We were talking about this on Office Chat, um, which will be on available on Destructoid's YouTube channel this week. Um, uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, points out that, like, the, the, the most disturbing quote is the bit where he's like, we're going to go in all guns blazing and hope to God it works. <laughs> that doesn't excite me. What, what if you were cutting my three-year-old child's hair and mm. you said that to me? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty simple <laughs> hair, hairstyle job. I've got this meth that I've been taking... And this turkey carver, I'm just going to hope it works. Going to go in guns blazing. Guns blazing. Waving that thing around in every direction. No, I think uh, we're going to have to hold your foreskin for testing and then disposal. (laughs) Now I'm going to go in here guns blazing and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you don't uh, approach the foreskin with guns blazing. 
Don't do it. Uh, I have to imagine that they really don't get that it was a genuine idea. It was an unmarketable idea, Dark Souls, but it was uh, something that resonated with people because they didn't feel like they were being pandered to and being just sold something that was created by ticking off uh, boxes on a checklist of things that sell. Um, that's what people liked about it. They're like, this was a game made by people who really meant what they were making, and they gave me something that was tailor-fit for my particular taste, not made for uh, necessarily uh, the mass market. And they were so passionate about it that they, they loved it and told their friends about it, and uh, people of like mind absorbed it. That's how a video game can become a huge surprise hit not by just shoving it down people's throats with marketing money. Well, they've already... Well, Dark Souls was very well marketed, I thought. I mean, it wasn't everywhere, mm-hmm. but it was present enough. The uh, the content was... It was clear that they weren't um, betraying the design of Demon's Souls, mm-hmm. yeah. Dark Souls. They made that very evident, and then they let the the ardent, passionate fans who supported it the first time go in and proselytize on their behalf, yeah. and mm-hmm. it worked out brilliantly. Well, this is the thing about a niche title like that. The Whoa. Sorry, that's my wife, who I explicitly told this morning, yes, I'm doing Podtoid when you're getting off work, so you should probably not call. Well, um, the thing about wives and Podtoid, I've noticed, is that... They don't want us to prioritize making dick jokes uh, on the internet over them. Selfish. I can't really blame them. <laughs> can't really Selfish. Blame. Yeah. Um, this is the most important thing in the world to me, spending two hours talking about my brother eating his foreskin. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to me, they, the, the cardinal sin has already been committed by Namco when the man mentioned Skyrim. Don't Whoa. do that. He was like, oh, well, I don't expect us to get everyone who plays Skyrim, but it'd be nice to appeal to them. I wouldn't expect to get anyone who plays Skyrim. fucking do that! The thing about a niche title is if you market it right, if you market it humbly, the people who already... The people who it will appeal to already know about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people it won't appeal to, because it's a niche title with a strong hardcore fanbase, don't fucking care they don't fucking care they're playing skyrim they're catching butterflies out the fucking sky they don't fucking care yes there's some crossover but the people who already care are already playing both of them the rest don't fucking care Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is the exact the exact attitude that is killing ea right now because it's not enough to have Dead Space be a game that appeals to Dead Space fans. No, it's got to appeal to Uncharted fans and Gears of War fans as well. It's not enough that Battlefield has its own set of Battlefield fans. It's got to have Call of Duty's fans as well. It's not fucking enough that the people who play Tomb Raider for Tomb Raider are playing Tomb Raider for Tomb Raider. Shove in some multiplayer. Step right up, kids! It's the game feature nobody fucking wanted! Because the people who want to play Gears of War are playing Gears of War, and the people who wanted to play Tomb Raider will play Tomb Raider, you fucking goons! 
I hope I haven't said it too many times already, but I feel like this is what happens when people who don't really get why video games are fun to play, uh, when they're in charge and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we know how to make a game that sells. We, we, we know it from the lab. You know, we've conducted uh, focus tests and studies, and this is what sells. Uh, then they completely miss the fact that, no, video games are, are fun because they express the ideas of the people that made the game. And if it's a unique idea, feels like a new, interesting voice that's worth listening to instead of just the same old ideas you've already heard a million times. Um, they don't get that. If they just see it as a product and not as a piece of art in some way. Then they end up just doing this and uh, turning everything into the same piece of crap, like the same car that just sells with everybody. What they need uh, to do mm-hmm. to save. I'm, I'm going to toss this to you for free, game industry. This is yeah. how we're going to fucking save you, right? We find the actor who played Chris Redfield in the first Resident Evil game in the live action intro cutscene. Oh, he's good. We find him, right? Mm-hmm. We poison him to death. We hack his head off with a rusty saw, we stick it on a pike, and we put that pike at the borders of San Francisco, the heart of the game industry, so that everyone from the game industry driving in and out of San Francisco see Chris Redfield's fucking head (laughs) as a warning to what fucking happens when you forget somehow... Possibly due to an amazing cornucopia of illegal fucking drugs. What your fucking game series is. Now I just have the music from Resident Evil 1 intro in my head. You're like, doomed, doomed, doomed. And they show Rebecca and she looks at you like, oh, boys. (laughs) What are you doing here? Yeah, it's very, very good. We are Uh, the elite stars, the least ready looking group of soldiers in the world. And why does Barry have a fake beard? Why couldn't he just (laughs) grow a beard? It doesn't take, I grow a beard in like four days. They couldn't get the guy to just, anyway. Uh, Speaking of Capcom, I feel like they may be turning around. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but the fact that Resident Evil Revelations is now being treated like um, not just kind of a a side back alley, we're not going to talk about it too much game, and it's being put at the forefront of uh, Capcom right now, being put on all the different consoles, and they are going to bring out Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney 5 still looks pretty Ace Attorney-ish. It's not, doesn't have online multiplayer, it doesn't have deathmatch but it's still coming out in the united states albeit only digitally uh it's going to be a download only for now but uh, it's looking up for capcom they they seem to be taking a little bit more stock in their non-blockbusters uh which is nice yeah we'll see yeah, yeah pessimistic they said their other big plan is to uh, invest way more in dlc because that's oh, where really? yeah that's where the industry is going that's what the next gen is going to be all about it's going to be about less IP. It's going to be about less game releases. It's going to be about them caring less about selling more copies and more about making more money out of the people they're selling copies to. That's how they're going to make it up because they've realized, I think they're starting to realize that the audience is fracturing. Um, You know, we've got movie streaming, we've got mobile gaming, we've got different consoles, different tastes. 
all the stuff on PC gaming, we've got the audience, and this happens in every medium and in entertainment in general, the audience is constantly splitting and fracturing and branching, mm-hmm. which means there's a lot more um, there's a lot more entertainment with the same amount of people being spread around, so it gets spread more thin. So sales do decline over and over. Uh, mm-hmm. A TV show that could have gotten three million viewers in the 80s you know, will get several hundred thousand now, and they've got to be happy with that because that's good by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the publishers are getting wise to that, but they liked all the money they were getting before. <laughs> so now they're... they Basically, the, the people still loyal, the, the people still buying, they're the ones who have got to pick up the tab. They're the ones who have got to shoulder the burden of making sure that the shareholders and the executives get the same amount of money they were so used to having. So now, instead of just... Instead of selling 5 million copies of Resident Evil 7, you know, they'll project, say, 3 million copies, but those 3 million are also buying another game's worth um, of mm-hmm. DLC, of downloadable extra content, monetary-wise. I think that's the way it's going in the console sphere. Well, I hope not. I hope that they, well, if they do do that, I, they can also simultaneously just try to seek out as many new, interesting, cheap games as they can and give people as much variety as possible so uh, there will be options if you don't want that. And I have been really impressed with how Sony and Nintendo are working so hard to get weird little games on their consoles i can't remember the last one i heard sony just announced a bunch of weird games uh something about going on a safari something about being inside your own dreams and like eating them uh all for ps4 and ps vita i think and ps3 that was uh uplifting i was interested in a game i've never played before weird new game so hopefully they'll keep doing that i know nintendo's working Hard on that too. I've been swapping emails with them. They've been asking for Sub Holmes guests info so they can try to get their games on the Wii U and 3DS. So that's pretty fun. Hopeful? I'm hopeful. Uh, abandon hope. <laughs> All ye who enter homes. Enter me. No one enters me. Oh, uh, well. What the hell is that noise outside? I don't think it's me. I hear it too. Which means it's probably not for me. Is it from you, Jim? Boom. Someone's mowing grass. I apologize for this, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't sound that bad. It's kind of relaxing. Is it all right? Yeah. Fucking deafening here. Oh, no. No, on my end, it's like uh, just a large man is coming up to you and going, oh. That's a good job I'm not going to E3 because that is exactly what would happen. You, I forgot you're not going to E3. That's sad. Uh, not for me, I ain't. No, I know. For it me, it's brilliant. Trip. Yeah, I think I'm going. I'm going. I bought my ticket and everything. Cool. Flying out there. Have a fun so. time. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be at PAX Prime, where, where I've put in the listing for Podtoid Live. Oh, exciting. Which, yeah, hopefully we'll get that greenlit. We shall see. Uh, yeah. But I'll tell you another thing that I hope gets greenlit. Yeah. Um, a particular television idea I've had for Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of you guys heard, but Gordon Ramsay's been in the news um, because of Amy's Baking Company. The, oh. 
the season six finale of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares went up this week and showed Amy's Baking Company um, run by people who are like literally insane. What, the, the woman who runs it claims she can speak feline and goes around going meow, meow, like that. And the, the man who uh, runs it with his wife doesn't, like, takes all the tips. And, and they literally have no idea of what is right and wrong. They've got no concept of it. And the kitchen was so bad that, uh, well, the attitude was so bad that Gordon Ramsay gave up on day two. And that the story ended with him just leaving. Uh, and there was a huge thing. They had a massive meltdown on Facebook. Um, people, Reddit got involved and Yelp got involved and were leaving messages on their Facebook. Someone was like, are you taking reservations? And they were responding in all caps with things like, we don't serve slutty bitches like you. Um, just going really mental. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I bring that up because today's uh, television pitch for Gordon Ramsay has absolutely nothing to do with that. What? It doesn't? No. What does it have to do with? It's called Gordon Ramsay's Get Down on This Day. <laughs> me, me and Alex have been talking about this. We kind of uh, came up with the concept together. Like many of these ideas that we've been having for old Gordo, uh, it takes the form of a restaurant in trouble thinking they're signing up for Kitchen Nightmares. The restaurant's in, in debt. Customers aren't coming. The food's bad. The same old, same old. Help us, Chef Ramsay. We need your help. We're in too deep. Show us how to cook a good spaghetti. <laughs> I, I can't. I just think it's funny. <laughs> because this is what the show's really like. They're acting like it's life or death. Like, oh, I, you have to show us how to make the chicken fricassee. Like, no, just quit. Quit the job. Not this past week if you haven't... Uh, <laughs> This past yeah. week's was a real gem. Really, it was amazing. It, it was stunning. Like he's, uh, he walked away from it in the end. Uh, the The people were just they they were incapable of accepting criticism. Um, and Conrad, just, did you did you have evil. us on mute earlier? Yeah, I've done this bit. Oh, did you? Yeah, I must have missed it. <laughs> That's okay, we're not that good. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but, yeah. Actually, I didn't, I didn't have you muted, but I, I might have blanked out. I was... I'd, I blank out when I talk, too. I'm reading something obnoxious. else. So anyway... <laughs> Sorry. My <laughs> God. The restaurant is in trouble. They mm. need help. They're expecting Chef Ramsay's help. So they open up Monday morning. The week has started. Chef Ramsay's in town. They're excited. They see the camera crew... Put the keys in their front door to the restaurant, open it up. Gordon Ramsay's there. A little unusual, a little bit different. There is a dildo fixed to the floor by a suction cup. Big purple fucker. Gordon Ramsay's absolutely naked, bouncing up and down on top of it. He's, he's on his knees. He nude? I, I, nude. Oh, he's nude. Absolutely naked. Nude as a baby born. I need you to visualize because this is important. He's on his knees, like his his shin bones are parallel with the floor, and he's leaning back on the dildo, and his hands are on the floor behind him. You got that good visual image oh. in your head, yeah, Gordon yeah. Ramsay naked, and he's bounced like thrusting up and down, sweaty. He's been doing this for ages. 
Like the sweat is dripping off his head. He's just ah, 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 like that. His quasi erect phallus and testicles are bouncing up and down freely in front of him, thrusting, and little beads of sweat are just flicking off the end. Oh. And in front of Gordon Ramsay is another big purple dildo, suction cut, stuck to the floor in front of Ramsay. And as soon as the restaurant owner comes in, Gordon's looking at him and just, get down on this D, yeah? (laughs) Come on, chop, chop. I'm Gordon Ramsay. I'm down on this D. You get down on that D, okay? We're going to save this restaurant together. Fuck me. That's that's the general premise of the show. Is is Gordon Ramsay convincing the restaurateur to strip naked and bounce on in front of him. And it's very tense, you know, he's like, I don't know why you wouldn't get down on this D. I'm down on a D and I've got fourteen Michelin fucking stars. Yeah? World renowned chef. You think I'm doing this for my own fucking benefit? No, this is for you. Get down on that D, I'm Gordon Ramsay. But he's the one getting down on the D. Yeah, he wants them to swap out. No, no, I told you there's another dildo in front of oh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. So Gordon Ramsay's on that day, and he wants them on this day. Okay. Come on, join me. We'll synchronize. <laughs> Is this to a man or a woman or, or both? It, it, it depends who owns the restaurant that day. In oh. this, in the debut episode, it's a middle. It's a, like he's in his mid fifties, slightly paunchy, big thick rim spectacles, Italian American gentleman runs a, a pasta restaurant. Traditional English cooking. English? Traditional Italian cooking. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and, and he's just, come on! Get down on that tea, yeah? Gordon Ramsay. I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't. I've heard that your penny pasta is shit. So, take all your clothes off. Pop yourself down on that dildo. It's a fantastic dildo. It's zesty. It's vibrant. Locally bought. Suction cup base. It's rustic. It's purple, realistic ridges and contours, one major vein running down the shaft. Have a feel of those balls at the bottom as well, yeah? Individually wrinkled by hand. Get down on this D, come on. That's him slapping his hand. He's got to do it quickly, though. He's got to lift up his hands, do his trademark hand slap, one hand in the other, and then quickly put them back down behind him. Otherwise, he'll just fall over and look like an idiot. He's got to keep his dignity, yeah? So, the show's all building up to this. Just, I mean, the first 20 minutes can be Gordon cajoling a confused restaurateur to take all his clothes off. And and just like in Kitchen Nightmares, the music's all tense, you know, and then the writer's like, Gordon Ramsay is down on this D, but will Pablo get down on that D as well? Pablo, that's not even fucking Italian. It's always Papa Italiano. Giuseppe. Giuseppe, that's the, the, that old standby. Will Papa Giuseppe also get down on that D? He said it was rustic. And and lots of quick cuts between, um, you know, Giuseppe's eyes and Gordon Ramsay's intense, tear-stricken, bloodshot eyes. And you know what happens in Kitchen Nightmares? Commercial break. Yes! And then we're back. Get down on this day, you motherfucker! Come on! What, what's, to what end? 
I want to get your rectum smothered round that fucking cock, and I want you sat on it up to the fucking hilt. Come on, yeah? I own a restaurant. And then <laughs> we're really a... building up. We're really building up now, Jonathan. Down on the tee. Down on the tee. Will he get down? Will he get down? Will he get down? So it's just it's musical key change. I'm doing it. And he pulls off his shirt and pulls down his pants. Yep. He's mm. taken off everything. He's got his he's left on his socks with the sock suspenders. They're still on. He's an old man. He, he keeps it that way. And just doesn't even lube up. Just sits down on it. Uh, 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 While the music's all pretty now and calm because that's how they do it on reality TV. And you just got like Gordon Ramsay's yeah. <laughs> He's just flicking his tongue in and out. Like that. And then he's just... The Giuseppe's anus relaxes and he just sinks down. He's got to take... Any lube or any just... No. Sweat and... He was just taken up in the moment. Yeah. And then, like, Gordon Ramsay's just like... He he. Gordon Ramsay slows down. He leans forwards now, and he's just pressing, like rocking back, just gently. Just <laughs> okay, yeah. This is gonna be tough. Gordon Ramsay, this is gonna be difficult. We're gonna get through this together, yeah. This is nothing. He always says nothing. Hate yeah. that. This is nothing, yeah. Look into my eyes. Just slowly back down. The anus will yield. Given time. Just look in my eyes. And then it's him and the the, the mid-fifties paunchy man. They're, 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 their faces are an inch away from each other and they're both just... <laughs> like, just grunting as they back up. <laughs> and, I mean, that'll take another ten minutes. And that's a half-hour show. There you go. Well, but why... How <laughs> Giuseppe's restaurant is in peril. It is not in sh- g- working order. He he may. It's very important, I guess. They would always. They act like these small businesses are so important when they're really not. Small businesses go out of business all the time, especially when they suck. And that's just kind of the uh, the pecking order. That's the the Darwin's law. The the weak restaurants are meant to die, and that's okay. But Gordon Ramsay has made it his mission to rescue these uh, restaurateurs, and. Uh, just flogging yourself on a dildo <laughs> for a half hour and just staring at a man doing it, saying, "Are you going to do it? Or, are you going to do it or not?" Yeah, that's most yeah. of the show. And then at the end, the the payoff is that he just does it, and then they do it, and then fade to black. Yeah. Well, then then obviously, you know, it cuts to a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, outside the restaurant, Gordon's putting his clothes back on. You can just see in the background in the restaurant window, Giuseppe naked still bouncing up and down on it. And he's just gone talking to the camera. So I feel confident, yeah? I came in this restaurant. I didn't think these fucking idiots knew what the fuck they were doing. The kitchen was filthy. The food, mediocre. Customers, nowhere to be seen. But now, Giuseppe got down on that D. I think I've helped. <laughs> 
<laughs> not any results of the help shown. Not like, uh, you know, uh, sales really picked up, but chicken fingers are really delicious. No, none of that. Just, I think I helped. And then he you, gets on the plane. When you own a restaurant in trouble and Gordon Ramsay's been in town, you know that by the end of the night, you're flogging yourself on a rustic dildo. Yeah? I'm Gordon Ramsay. I've got 14 Michelin stars. How many have you got? None. Down on the dildo, please. Trust him. That's what I'm saying. Trust him. He's the chef. Are we chefs? Not really. I, we are. I don't see the big difference. Uh, <laughs> the I make and the food Gordon Ramsay makes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's actually no difference between the shits I take in the toilets and anything Leonardo da Vinci painted. <laughs> well, it's all a matter of taste, you know. Some people like your poops a lot. <laughs> I, I bet your poop would sell for more money than Van Gogh's paintings did when Van Gogh was not popular. So, congrats. <laughs> well done, mate. <laughs> Uh, what else are we going to do? I am short for time, and I have to go pee-pee again. Just like last week. Well, just go and come back. No, no. Just just go while still recording here. I don't yeah. know what else. No, no. It's way, way far away. My dog will start barking while I'm gone, and then... No, no, don't go. Just urinate. I'm, I'm not... No... It'll get all wet, and everything will stink a little. Pee stains, you know? I don't want them. I don't want them. Pee stains. Yeah, you'll be a lovely juicy boy. Pee-pee juice? No, that's not the kind you want. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I hope you don't. I'm going to do the questions. I'm doing the Pogboid questions, question mark, and tweet. Press the tweet button. As I was getting tweeter ready, Mike Bithel creator of Thomas Was Alone, and he's making a new game. It's just called Project 2. It sounds huge. Every day he talks about there's a new person added to the team, CGI, and blah, blah, blah. But he was tweeting about how Nintendo is asking Let's Players, or not even asking, I think commanding them to remove their Let's Plays of Nintendo games because uh, it's copyrighted material. Which is so dumb. I'm going to have to write about it, I guess, after Podtoid's over, because someone needs to point out that that's just the worst idea, Nintendo. Don't do that. Let's it, please. It's going to engender so much negative will from the community that's doing the best job of marketing games at this point to this massive audience. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sega does this too. I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to tar things by nationality, but there are different corporate cultures in different countries. Mm. And yeah. Japan, I think, has shown itself to be not not put as much stock in the internet as Western companies on ge in general. And sure. that might be something to do with it. Plus, I think there is not just Japan, but many of the corporations, I think, see themselves as above things like YouTube and whatnot. And there's an arrogance there, whereas, you know, the indie crowd, you know, the makers of Slender and... and uh, um, What's it? The Cat Lady and a Surgeon oh, yeah, Simulator. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That stuff's gold to them. Like the YouTube Let's Players is great for them, um, and it could be great for the major publishers as well. But I think the major publishers see themselves as too big for that, which is silly, really. 
Well, they, they, I mean, PewDiePie gets three, four million views on his Let's Plays. It's not, they're, a lot of these Let's Players are a bigger deal than the major game blogs in terms of size of fan base and uh, how much influence they have over people. Because people see them as, you know, sadly, game blogs have been, there's a lot of envy, uh, there's a, a line scene between the writers and, and the fans, like, we're in a different social class, we have different levels of privilege in the industry, whereas Let's Players are just regular guys, so people love them and, and see them as uh, both equals and as idols, and they have huge followings. To, to, to try to turn them off is such a bad yeah. idea. The interesting thing is, though, is that Let's Players really don't need that. A lot of them don't even bother with big games like that. Like, you, you mentioned um, someone like PewDiePie. Uh -huh. uh, their stock is in weird little indie games. Or, say, like, old games. Like, curiosities. They bring curiosities. Often to an audience that is very young and don't buy games themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why they will sit and watch a game. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it it's weird. Okay. It, it will annoy people, and it won't in, in, engender anyone to anyone, but its I don't think it will be a loss for the Let's Players. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. Nintendo's the only one that could lose, because the Let's sure. Players have no shortage of weird, demented indie PC games to uh, showcase, which mm -hmm. is good for them, because people want to see them be weird and scream at a video game. And <laughs> it's good for the indie developers, because they get all this free advertising so sure yeah I, I can this will only hurt nintendo if it's going to hurt anyone absolutely uh so hopefully turn back because it's dumb this guy zach scott is the one who's claiming nintendo has told him to take down some of his videos and he has a luigi's mansion dark moon video that's almost at four hundred thousand views uh that is not four hundred thousand views that are hurting nintendo in any way yeah. So weird. Well, again, well, again, like I said, let's players, like let's play audiences, typically aren't the the game buying crowd. Mm. Um, so it's not like they're watching it and it's meaning a lost sale. Well, what? It, it, what? I mean, I can't even picture what world where they'd be in. Like, well, if somebody watches footage of our game then they won't buy it. No, the exact opposite. That's why they make yeah. commercials and anything that well, shows said, I mean, the game is good. Yeah. The, the big fans of Let's Players are normally like 10 to 15 year olds. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're just there for the screaming and the shouting. And to but see maybe a weird someday game. when they turn 16, well, they the might buy I mean, that game that they watched PewDiePie yell at. As, as the YouTube videos get bigger, the people that aren't really Let's Play watchers... Mm -hmm. We'll still see the name the the name of the game come up in like the front page of YouTube, or uh, if a like bloggers like us will find these games and then talk about them for the older viewers who might go out and buy it. Like sure. it's all still publicity in the end, and I don't think the kind of people that watch an entire let's play, like if it's someone who watches a game being played from beginning to end, if that's what they're into. They're not going to buy your fucking game at all. And from Nintendo's perspective, I, you can make something of an argument that, well, they have to defend their 
copyrights on their intellectual property or they could risk um, losing a case down the road that could really drastically change the way uh, these things are controlled, and so if they fight it, it maintains the status quo. I get some of that, yeah. but it's old thinking that really ought to go away. I, I, it's not... Yeah. Well, copyright uh, law itself needs to fucking change. It's it so harmful to everyone. I mean, I understand that you don't want other people to profit off your work. I, I totally, totally get it, but, you know, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world for somebody to profit from your work in a way that costs you absolutely nothing in terms of your marketing budget. Yeah. I mean, on YouTube especially, YouTube videos using other people's bits of other people's work is such a victimless crime. Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife did a music video for a film and set it to some music and what have you. And one, actually, a, a long-running thing where they, the, the music uh, rights holders tried to get it taken down. And she was like, but but it's... Everyone knows you did it. I'm not saying I did it. Everyone knows you did it. People are listening to the music saying it's really good and then seeing the information in the YouTube video of where to get that music and they're getting it. This is only helping everyone. Mm. It's such a... It's the very definition of a victimless crime. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. I mean, we're in a world where I've had Jimquisitions taken off YouTube for using footage from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog trailers. <laughs> Not even gameplay. <laughs> this really? is stuff that Sega gives to people to all host on their YouTube channels. That would, well, I mean, that would be fair use, covered under fair use for the purposes of criticism, I would think. I mean, they, they wouldn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, we get into that thing where they use automated takedown notices and YouTube often knee-jerks. I mean, it's mm. the same again with the, the music video that my wife did. It was like, YouTube took it down and then it, the burden was on her to get them to put it back up. That's I how it works. I did a thing uh, once uh, for some destructoid community project or whatever, and, and I put a song in there, and they just extracted the audio. Really? That the happens video, to me, yeah. The video would be up there, they extracted the audio, and then later, I guess Google had worked out some sort of licensing agreement with the um, publishing company that had the rights to that music, because it was back in there with a for sale thing now on there. It just automatically advertised for it and allowed me to continue using the song. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, that's yeah. why the old uh, Geddy Lee 3DS video I did isn't on YouTube. Oh, really? They, they just took all the audio off there. <laughs> and the use of Rush's Roll the Bones is integral to the art of that video. It's pretty yeah. critical, yeah. Mm, it's a good video. Um, and again, it's not like anyone was saying, I made that music up. I Everyone knew it was Rush. pretty clear that Getty Lee was the subject. Yeah. That was the best commercial for Getty Lee probably ever made, and they, uh, they got rid of it. It's their loss. Sad times for everyone. Indeed. Uh, questions are in. So many questions. Uh -huh. 40... At least 40 questions. That leads uh, me to have so many questions. About? Why people care what we think. <laughs> Mike Cosimano wants to know if we've seen 
or like Iron Man 3. I haven't seen it, but I do like it a little bit. Enough that if someone paid me to watch it, I would watch it. I wouldn't write about it afterwards or talk much about it. But uh, my new thing, there's a lot of movies I want to see, but not enough to actually see them. Uh, But if someone pays me to watch them, I'll watch them. That's That's basically 90% of Netflix's inventory. (laughs) And and, and why I love using it. Because it's just full of shit. I never watch... Mm. Except for the fact that it's just there. I watch so many documentaries now on drug runners. (laughs) What's there to know about them? They are running the drugs. They are how they got the drugs, where they put the drugs, who got killed for the drugs. (laughs) Learning about the queen of cocaine. Oh yeah. And and, you seen the Iron Man three though? No. I haven't seen any of them. I need to. I've not seen any of the Marvel movies, which is annoying because I want to see the Avengers, but mm-hmm. I don't want to see the Avengers until I've seen all the others. Uh, you really can skip the others. I, I can't. Mean, uh, My brain won't allow it. <laughs> it it's I spoilers, I, I guess. The they're okay. I saw the others beforehand. I thought, well, I think they're mostly pretty good. The uh, Iron Man two, I'm I'm less hot on. I don't think that one's fantastic, but I thought Thor was pretty entertaining and not... I mean, how do you make Thor into a movie that's interesting? I don't know. Did they? I sort of, sort of watched it. He was there. He talked to Natalie Portman. Uh, I don't know. The minute I saw him shirtless, uh, my my vision sort of blurred over and I don't remember the rest of the film. <laughs> he's in good shape, that Hemsworth. Yeah. Here he's got a brother named Ian who's also a hunk. Hemsworth Hunk Brothers, they're calling them. The, the, uh, the Hulk wasn't bad. No, they're not. They're not great. I, I think. The, I think the the one you have to see is Iron Man. If you like, you see no other Marvel movie in the run up to Avengers. The first Iron Man is great. It it gives you a more sense of who the character is for sure. So it's not as a surprise to see him act like a uh, slightly bratty fourteen year old boy in the Avengers who thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Man, I don't like because the he Avengers. probably is. He is, but he's not. He's a fifty year old dude, but he's acting like oh Avengers. It's just Man, Robert but... Downey Jr. in it. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does. Yeah, I guess so. I not in Tropic Thunder though. That's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie. That stuff's good. I really like that movie. Anyway, I, I, I like Iron Man specifically because Tony Stark is such a fucked up person. <laughs> like he's just—he's not. He is incredibly smart and incredibly competent at, at certain things, but mm-hmm. so frail and broken and juvenile and and uh, I don't want perfect heroes. Mm, you know? Sure. And uh, that—that's—that's that's good because if you have a perfect hero. The moment they let you down, it's just a, that's the end of it. Give me someone who's got apparent flaws right from the beginning, and I can get behind that. Absolutely. That's uh, something I've observed for many years. Uh, start off being semi-flawed douche. Then when you're great, people are so impressed. Start off being semi-nice uh, regular. Then they're so disappointed when you're accidentally a douche that one time. Yep. Anyway, enough out of me about that. None of us even saw Iron Man 3. It was the longest answer to a movie we hadn't seen. I've heard, I've heard it's good, but I... I, I think it's going to be medium, for sure. I will Jordan, watch it. Jordan uh, saw it, and he said it was his favorite of the series. I oh, really? Huh. 
The villain seemed good. Mandarin. I love the Mandarin. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. For for such a comic booky bad guy, like <laughs> like how I didn't expect, but who else does Iron Man really have to fight? That's that uh, feels overwhelming. Yeah, uh, Whiplash. They already did, right? He's oh, not that. God. No, he wasn't <laughs> impressive at all. Uh, living laser. They could have done the living laser. Right. Let's <laughs> move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Andy Dixon wants to hug us at PAX. That's very That's sweet. All. Not really a question. That would be fun. Be nice to meet him in real life. Uh, Frank. He lives, he lives like twenty minutes away from me. Hmm? What? He can just never hang out. Oh yeah. 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 He's like right across the bridge. Yeah. Yep. We Maybe spend no time him. together. I, I've been. Uh, yeah. I, I have uh, lived. Yeah, twenty minutes away from him for two and a half years. I saw him at PAX. <laughs> <laughs> He's got babies. Those babies yep. keep busy. Him. He's a busy guy. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Frank Margarella has been asking this question for a while, I think, and I keep missing it. He wants to know what kind of Cenobite Conrad would be. I think he's uh, in reference to past episode of Podtoid where Jim decided that we would all be Cenobites. And I think Hamza was just a horse? Or Hamza was sewn to a horse? Yeah, well, yeah we, we took Hamza's legs off and sewed him to the side of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he was called Munkusberger. And we, we cut your face up and stuck twigs in there, and you were called Twiggins. And, and I, wore, I wore sunglasses and called myself Radical Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, any ideas for what Conrad would be, Jim? I don't feel like it's my place yeah. to invite him. Yeah. You do have an idea? Replace his fingers with screwdrivers. Whoa. Wrap his entire head up in duct tape, and he is called Fuck Tape. <laughs> Soul. There we go. Wears a gingham skirt and knee-high boots as well. So, so it is pleasures of flesh. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Can I get, like, uh, a button-up blouse that I only button, like, two buttons in the middle and then tie off in a knot at the bottom? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fuck it. Uh, and, and you, but in lipstick on your belly, you have to write scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to really freak people out. I mean, I, I thought he was scary. That confirms it. Speaking of callbacks to prior episodes of Podtoid, Kelso McCauley wants to know, seriously, when is Jim Sterling going to reenact Rock Me Tonight? I haven't given up on that. After Teenage Pokemon Season 2 and then maybe Season 3, I wonder how many seasons of that show will exist. Um, after I'm no longer totally stressed out about that all the time because it's pretty scary making an animated show with animators who, some of them I kind of know, some of them I don't. And I love them all, but I don't know what they're going to do. I, every day I wake up, the first thing I think is, are they actually going to animate the show? Because they don't have to, and if they just get bored and decide not to do it, uh, there's nothing I can do about it, and then Machinima will be like, breach of contract, and then uh, I lose. So that's pretty scary every day. Um, I don't know how much longer... That's, you're doing that. it wrong. I am? You Tell roll, me more. You rule them by fear. Uh, what, what, what? You just, every morning... What would they you, be afraid of? Every morning you send them an email that just says, I will razor blade you. <laughs> that's a threat that's a physical threat i don't that's, if that's, i were them i wouldn't want to work for a guy that is corporate gonna... motivation send them send them a cardboard cut out of yourself 
and instructions that they are to place it outside of their window at night. Just so they know, yeah, just so, just so they know that you're watching. Yeah. All the time. And you tell them to pray it not be made flesh. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, maybe that's a good idea. What I'm doing now is they're doing stuff, but I'm just so stressed out that it's not going to get done. Anyway, after that's done, Jim, would you still do a Rock Me Tonight Kickstarter? <laughs> I'm going to kickstart it if you are committing to after the funds come in. It's not going to be a little bit of money. It's going to be a lot of money we're going to get. I'm anticipating at least $1,000. Like I said, if if we raised enough money to where I could comfortably get there to you, and by that I mean not economy seats, and and live comfortably, and come back comfortably... I would do rock me tonight. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing would be incredibly comfortable. You would be flown in first class right. to the Boston suburbs. Uh, there's a homey little recording studio. Directly into the Boston suburbs, too. They're going to clear the street to <laughs> use as a fucking way. Yeah, we'll get you yeah. there. By and the I want the movie. steps off the plane doors to be made of people. <laughs> We might have an... I, I have no idea. I would not be surprised if a bunch of Podtoid fans in the Boston area somehow <laughs> managed to make that happen. Yeah. And I want to be greeted and welcomed to Boston by Daft Punk. <laughs> that would be expensive. I want them to say, hello, we are Daft Punk, welcome to Boston. Do they even talk? I thought they were... They'll go, hello, welcome to Boston. <laughs> I am Daft Punk. I'm a bit like Alfalfa from Power Rangers. Aye, aye, aye. There's an Alfalfa in Power Rangers? Alpha 1, I think. Oh. oh. Close What's enough. Alfalfa? Alfalfa? What did I get wrong? Alfalfa is one of the uh, little uh, animals. Yeah, he's uh, the one with the cowlick. Mm, yeah, it sticks right up. He was, uh, I think he was Topher, Topher's uh, favorite. That or Buckwheat. Topher is a really big... Uh, Little Rascals fan. He's an interesting dude. Uh, Crystal White asks, what's your favorite group game? Can be video card or board game. So any old kind of group game. Jim? It's not that uh, quiche thing you were doing. Custard? What was it? (laughs) Flan. Flan. The Flan Club. Oh, you know what annoyed me? What? There was a reason I was talking about your Flan Club last week and I didn't get to it. Okay. You can say it now. Because I, I was, I felt like a bad fan is what I was leading to. Because the week before last was the first time I'd ever watched Duncan and Cam. Oh no, you watched that? And I was, it was linked on NeoGaf in the Podtoid NeoGaf thread. Really? Yeah, and it was the first time I'd seen it, and I honestly thought I'd just seen God taking a piss. <laughs> it was the most glorious, especially because I have in the past photoshopped your head on a picture of a ma- of a young man wearing like bright yellow shirt and shorts mm. with a speech bubble that said, "My name is Duncan, and I like pop music." And that was yeah. before I ever knew of Duncan and Cam. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knew of Duncan and Cam as if it's a real it's not really a real thing it's a thing uh, 
geez, when did we film that? Uh, 2003, maybe? Maybe maybe 2000? It was That's actually the third in a series. The first was Duncan and Cam's Scary Adventure, where we um, meet a man who is making a half-man, half-rabbit hybrid. Uh, and we really had all these rabbits. We had at least like 50 rabbits in that episode. So it was pretty scary. And the second one, there's a baby with a man's head and a chainsaw maniac. That was the Halloween adventure, I think. And then the third time was the springtime adventure. And it's a multi-part. I don't know if you watched every part. Probably. I watched um, the first two. Oh. It, it did. I lost interest when the story happened. Oh, it did happen. For me, the glory was just watching you and the other guy. Playing frisbee and being weird and antisocial and and like sickeningly twee, it was amazing. And Alex and I now regularly for the past few weeks have been shouting at each other, Benny blockers, <laughs> Benny please, because you do that in the video. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, I the the guy who is shirtless with the mustache and afro. He is the guy who sang a song that appeared in. The Dawson's Creek uh, DVD, and he also came up with Foreign Skin, and uh-huh. we used to do the uh, we used to do the Milky Dogs as well. Uh, Benny Blockers and I did more of the Milky Dogs runs. You remember those Milky Dogs? It's all right if you don't. Uh, anyway, while we are while we are busy appreciating Jonathan Holmes, mm. uh, I, the last two weeks I've been meaning to bring this up. Some people on the Podtoid. The uh, Facebook group mm-hmm. have declared it. Jonathan have declared May to be Jonathan Holmes Appreciation Month. I've heard a little bit about that, and I keep meaning to bring it up on the pod toy because it's kind of weird <laughs> that they're so nice to you. Like they're they're they but they really seem to love you for some inexplicable reason, despite the fact that you you just. You're so mean to them all the time, and I'm not and that mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. You even threaten them. You th- keep threatening to razor blade them. <laughs> but they're collecting money for for child's play on Holmes's behalf. Like they, yeah. they, they're they're going to donate. They they're trying to get five hundred dollars. They're like almost halfway there. Yeah, which is pretty kind of kind of great anyway. It, I mean, it's in some ways for you, Jonathan. It's it's to make amends for for, for the things you've done to disadvantaged children over the years. Now they're giving something back. They're trying to make up for all the damage that you've caused yeah. in some small way, and uh, you know, I, I think that that's really really big of them. So you can go check out the the Pontoid Facebook group, and it's in there somewhere. And I'm sure someone will bump it upon having heard this. And, and so just go. It's just called the group's just called Podtoid. Go in, consider giving some money, and and, and undo uh, Jonathan's dark legacy. <laughs> uh, I didn't do anything bad. I, I really <laughs> thought they were. Just, they look, were doing look, look, I know, other, I know kind of that you feel. Sort of, I know yeah. that you feel it was entirely for their benefit, but trust me when I tell you, people are hurting because of what I did. Because of what you did. Well, what you did on that bus. Yeah, and it's what? just what you know. I thought it was all right. Yeah. So, any more questions? Oh yeah, there's a bunch, but we can't get to all of them. I don't think. Jeez, it would be hard. Uh, oh, oh the... we didn't answer the one about the group game from Crystal White. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's becoming this first taste of D and D I've been having. Mm. Oh, we, we had, 
We have, oh, I, I know. Dark path, my friend. I know. I have. I mean, I am not, and I'm not kidding you. Like, there's a, a dude in, in in Phoenix that has my library of. I mean, it's thousands of dollars in books I've bought over the years. Be careful. I know. And mm. the Podtoid listeners have been recommending me shit, and it all looks so good. Yeah. And it's oh, that's a bit like Event Horizon. Oh, I want that. Um, but it has been fun. We had our second game this Saturday. Probably going to have our third this Saturday coming. Um, it was good stuff. We're doing Calamar, which has a uh, a prestige class for a slaver. So I'm going to move into that next week. Mm, and slaver? Upgrade my skills to let me slap handcuffs on enemies in the middle of combat and then they're mine and I can sell them to people. It's like Pokemon, kind of. It is kind of like Pokemon, but with people's lives. I love it. I didn't know that D&D had gotten into that territory. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite group game, Conrad? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you mean by a group game. There, like, If it's a, a just a game that a group of people play together in general, or if that means like a party game or social game, because there are, you know... I'm guessing any games game of that nature. Uh, yeah. But for, you know, one of my favorites at this point is probably uh, Arkham Horror, which is, in, you know, like kind of complex and confusing um, the first few goes, but really brilliantly fun because it's a cooperative board game. So you're fighting against the game. As it fun. is. That's the one where you have the event that triggers and then it changes the game? Uh, you're thinking of Betrayal at House oh, of Oh! Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, Arkham Horror, the way it works is that there's almost like a, a timeline for how much time you have to accomplish certain goals before the game flips on its head and out just kills you. Uh, uh, there's there's ways that you can slow that progression, but you're moving inexorably towards conflict with some horrible beast unless you can cut off its way of entering into the world. I've it's played um, really fun. Elder Sign, which is like a knockoff of that, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like a card game-based version, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very similar... Um, Concepts, but you you know it's a lot like D and D in that you have a character sheet. Your character has stats. You can make adjustments to um, uh, you know having a little bit more sanity versus having a little more health. Uh, every character has some ability that gives them a gift. There's a bunch of expansions for it that open up the whole you know northeastern United States of horrible Lovecraft cities. Um, it's Really cool, <laughs> especially if you're a Lovecraft fan. It's it's a lot of fun. So anyway, yeah, that. Oh, sounds good. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me, but the most fun I've had in a group with a game lately has probably been Samurai Gun, which is not out yet, but it should be coming out soon. It's by Bo Blythe. It's a four-player fighting game. Uh, I guess you could call it that. It's kind of like a lo-fi Smash Brothers with samurais who can also shoot. And uh, really fast-paced, really fun, exciting, uh, smart, simple, good times. Really fun. Hope you guys play it. I like Monaco a lot as well. But Samurai Gun is more my speed because it is uh, direct, action-packed. Am I still on the show? Everything got so quiet. Oh, you're back. Yeah, I no, I, no, I muted my mic. Which oh, they made me feel like I got fired. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get fired. Uh, we should do more questions, but quick, I guess, because right. Jack Reven is so excited. He's a Grim Raider with two M's on Twitter. 
He says, holy crap, I'm on time for once. Most difficult game you ever played. For me, it's Tobal 2, uh, quest mode. Jesus Christ, it's so hard. It's a fighting game with uh, RPG elements, I guess you could say. That doesn't really tell you anything, though. It's like a roguelike. Uh, you go into randomly generated dungeons. It's also like Pokemon in that you can capture everything that you fight and then use it in uh, versus mode, like the regular fighting game mode, after you're done. So it's uh, endlessly compelling because you want to keep going back in and catching more monsters and getting to the end. And every time you fight a boss, you can capture the boss. But it's so hard. I never beat the last dungeon. It was, uh, and I played it for hours and hours and hours on end. It was sort of Dark Souls ish for me in that, uh, so punishing, but some somehow so rewarding. I just never um, wanted to stop playing it until I moved on after like a year. How about you guys? What's hardest? I stop. I stop playing games that get so hard that they like frustrate me and so it could be any number of like 50 games that's actually the hardest one out of all of that crap i uh yeah if it doesn't challenge me in a in a way that i feel is enjoyable i'll just move on so what um, what's what, just name a hardened a hardened one some hard one. well like i yeah, want to be the guy i want to be the guy as a absurdly oh, difficult yeah. game that's um, and it's difficult in a way that i don't want to play it like it's just not, I, there are some kinds of exploration, you know, and depth that I find really fun. Long, long, long is great at it, really hard, but uh, it always feels like it's attainable somewhere. Super Meat Boy is that way. Um, that doesn't feel that way to me. It doesn't feel like I'm, you know, without just rote memory, completely rote memorization, and then a lot of luck coupled with acquired skill, um, and it just turns me off. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very much to me about giving you enough rewards to want to keep going and right. to give you a, a glimmer of hope. And the the last uh, I want to be the guy just gives you no hope. Yeah, it makes you feel like it's designed to make sure that no matter how good you think you've gotten at it, you you gonna die. Yeah. And Jim, you? Hmm. It's it's difficult to say because difficult by design and difficult by just being shit are two different things. Right. I mean, a game that would be difficult by design that I enjoyed because it was hard but not broken and shitty would be something like Metal Arms. Um, mm. Whereas something else would be something like Gift. A game called Gift for the PS2, which I may... It, it may be like Stanley Ipkiss's mask. Like something that I just discovered and shouldn't be. Because I never see anyone mention Gift. I, 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 I don't know anything about it. It may not be real. <laughs> it's, it was this weird thing. There was some story involving a fairy tale thing. And you were this weird squat little red thing. Kind of like, had a body like E.T., and huh. weird fish eyes, goat eyes, and it it made no sense. Like it just it made no sense. It was like a weird platformer, but like you had to stay in the light or or stay in the dark. One of those <laughs> two. And obviously the camera didn't work properly, and you'd fall down holes, and and it made no sense. 
Sounds great. I can't wait to find this game. Gift? Gift. It, it, <laughs> I, I, I want to track it down again just to prove it was a real thing. I'm going to make it a, a solemn mission of mine to track down. Yes. I found it in a reputable high street store with like five pounds. Like just this ridiculous, silly amount of money that high, high, uh, high street retail stores don't charge. It was cheaper than what things cost. Gift. It made no sense. It's so, uh, so full of itself uh, right off the bat. Like It was the main character's name. But still, to, to call it that is yeah. to say, like, it's a gift to humanity. It's a gift to mankind. Our game about the red squat E.T. with goat eyes that needs to be in the light or the dark and falls in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for yeah. gifts. Uh, a couple more questions. We can do it. Uh, Zach Davis is very nice. He says, Sup Holmes is my favorite game show on the internet and everyone should watch it. Why doesn't everyone? Because so many people don't care at all about game developers it's like you know it's like uh you like special effects but you don't want to see an interview with the guy who did the polygons on the the hulk and did this the the skin textures the realistic skin textures uh people just don't care at all but the people who do care care a whole lot so it's great to do a show that they like I'm grateful that anybody watches it, um, but I'll get more to that later. Delon Prince asks, who's got the Animal Crossing review copy, and how amazing is it? Jim, you've got it, right? Yeah. How is it? A clown, a clown sheep moved in, <laughs> and I'm currently wearing a gas mask and a tartan skirt. You know Animal Crossing is... Um, it's not my very favorite, but it's in my top ten series ever. Love it so much. It's uh, an, I think I've talked about it before. I, I used to play Wild World a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I would wake up in the game before I woke up in real life. I was I was only partially employed. I was a waste of space. Um, and that's, that was my life for several months. Mm. Until one day when I just woke up and said, why am I doing this? <laughs> what, what, what is any of this? I'm just picking up apples off the fucking floor. I don't mm. get this. And then every time it they've got more Animal Crossing, it's, I forget that one day I'll forget why I liked it. But until then, love it. So so you're playing, you like the new one so far? Uh, yes. yes. I, I don't know how much I can say, but I mean, well, fuck it. CBG's been doing a running fucking diary of it. Um, so, so far... Uh, you know, it's 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 Animal Crossing, you know. Right. I do what I never really want, and a lot of people want the series to change. But to me, that goes against what the series has always been about, which is just—it's almost a commentary on how stupid video games are. And yet, you can't help but love them. Uh, I've met many people who have said video games. Uh, I mean, Animal Crossing was the last game they've played because it showed them like this is truly a total waste of time but i can't stop doing it i have to quit these things completely uh but not me i just want to soak it all in just uh, when you dream don't you dream about trees in the game have you dreamed yet no yeah you have tree dreams you know how when you walk around an animal crossing it's just trees yeah when you dream it's also just trees you dream about getting more apples <laughs> so good i love that yeah i think it's great 
I, if I made a video game, it would probably be like that. Well, I think that's everything we gonna do for talk. Uh, I think that's it was good talk. Yeah, it's almost talk. two hours. Yeah, we uh, you know, you only said you had to really go to the bathroom like forty minutes ago this time. So <laughs> it's a new thing, and I I'm wondering if it makes me more interesting to be kind of charged with the energy of discomfort and thinking about peeing. You know, I'm just thinking about it while you guys are talking. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it too. I'm yeah, thinking about peeing. I'm, I'm always sure. thinking I'm about, about you peeing, and it energizes me. <laughs> what are you guys doing this week, or what did you do, or both? Uh, all right, I'll start. We got a, an office chat with Jim that's going to go up tomorrow. I hope, I expect, I anticipate. Um, there's a new uh, video review in the uh, review of Anomaly 2 that's out on the YouTube channel. You can go check that out. Alistair Pinsoff uh, did all the you know recording and editing for that. It turned out okay. Um, there is uh, going to be a new couch campaign today. Oh, man, all oh, this is going to be a treat. As soon as I get this edited up and uploaded, I'm very excited. We are playing the worst Fallout game. Really? Yeah, they they made a Fallout game that's kind of like Baldur's Gate. Oh, is that Brotherhood of Steel? Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> Jordan and I are playing it. Oh, it's going to be glorious. So make sure you check out uh, Couch Campaign. That's. Ooh, I will make man. a I will make a distinct point to watch some of that. There there has already been a point at which in the dialogue where we've looked at it and thought, "Wow, we've really come a long way in ten years." <laughs> because I mean, it's just it it there's a gay implication slur in the dialogue that's just so not classy in any way, shape, or form. It is the equivalent of the your mom joke I'm so fond of. Yeah. Oh. Your mom or my mom? Your mom. Oh, my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what your mom did. It was <laughs> oh, awesome. joke like that. Like, I'm going yeah. to your mom's house. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom said it was this. Yeah, exactly. That's, the, you know, that kind of base level... You know, it's not even funny when I say it ironically, but I'm going Whoa. to do it anyway joke. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Duke Nukem Forever, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in that same same league. But then again, Duke Nukem Forever looked like a 10-year-old game, too, so. Oh, and it was a little, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those are your things. Jim, those should I things. do my things? Yeah, what are your things, Jim? What are my things? Um, well, you could check out Jimquisition. Mm. For fuck's sake, on escapistmagazine.com. Um, an episode I didn't think would be that mind blowing, but it must have been for some people. It's called Objectification and Men, and it's about the idea that people, some people say that, well, men and women are equally objectified in video games, therefore, no problems ever, guys. Um, and the video looks at that. And that's been doing really well. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, a lot of discussion there um, around the web. Um, some of it good discussion, which is great. Uh, what else? Oh, still on The Escapist is um, the new poet Jim and Yartz's Rhyme Down Spectacular, our weekly poetry show. Um, this week, Yartzi had a poem about Thief, and I had a poem, fittingly, about Animal Crossing. So did a little Animal Crossing poem, and you can see that on Escapist. And over on Destructoid... Review of Metro Last Light. Um, oh, yeah, that's the other thing I did. Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Metro Last Light, which, yes, Conrad edited the video review for. We did a lovely little video review. That's in there. That's on Destructor.com. And you can have a look at that if you want. And I think that's it. 
that's good. You did good. Uh, we had Richard Hoffmeyer on Sup Holmes last Sunday. It was so good. It was, it so was good really to talk good. Him. It's going to be great yeah. when I finally get it uploaded. I have tracked down what friggin' problem is. I'm so oh, you have? Stuck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I oh, mean, well, it's still fun. a massive inconvenience for us to get our files again. But yeah, yeah, no, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate Whatever. it. It's a fabulous job. I Our thought I, had a, I was mesmerized by the guy. I told him, I I think he was insulted. I felt badly, but I told him it felt like I was talking to Jeff Goldblum's character from Earth Girls Are Easy. He just like was not of this planet, and his He's idea. Just the perfect man. Yeah, well, th then that's the other aspect of it. He's a great man, but he's not a human man because humans can't do the things he does. His brain works in ways that were baffling and uh, very interesting and enlightening and enjoyable. Um, I actually imagine that the scene, you know, when you and, and Jim meet for the next time, I'm just going to visualize him touching your cheek like Jeff Goldblum does with Gina Davis in that scene in that movie, which I know very, very well because I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good song. I just watched it recently. My wife had never seen it. The the other Julie Brown, the red-haired one. Anyway, I shared it so, with my wife also recently, and, and yes. It's, what'd she think? Sorry. Oh, it's it, she loved it. She loved it, it because it's something... Over. Well, she likes she likes Jeff Goldblum. All anyway. women do, I think. I my, my wife's a big fan of his as well. Yeah, yeah, he does something for people, as he should. I don't He's get it. He looks like a fish man. <laughs> It's interesting. Like he looks, yeah. he looks like one of the species um, that Merman in Masters of the Universe belonged to. I was thinking more of the Zoras. He's got kind of a dead-eyed Zora look, but uh, <laughs> I'll take a Merman too. Um, anyway, you think a good Star Trek villain. Why haven't they done yeah, that? They yeah, I don't know. Uh, Christy Alley did, and she's kind of the female Jeff Goldblum for me. Anyway, I didn't even say what Richard Hoffmeyer made. He made Cart Life, which is a video yes. that won the IGF. And he, uh, he, it turns out, like we said last week on Subholmes, I think I said, I mean, on, uh, on Podtoid, I think I did mention that he maybe was part of an artist collective where everyone was named Richard Hoffmeyer. That turned out to be something he was starting, but nobody signed up. So he's the only Richard Hoffmeyer that's actually a Richard Hoffmeyer. And that's his real name. He didn't, like, make it up or anything. Anyway, Richard so Hoffmeyer. So he basically... Uh-huh. He basically struggled to get strangers to join his Have My Name Club and uh -huh. pretend to be me club. Nobody wanted to do it. And he was like... Yeah, Imagine that. How strange. People didn't want to surrender their identity to be... I'm going to do it. I can't wait to be the next Richard Hoffmeyer. That sounds fun. You can do it well, every already, Here's the thing. Yeah. He's already set the bar at a place now where if you identify with him, it could be a step up for a lot of people. Sure. And he's open to that. He was incredibly humble. He had no pretense that he did anything even kind of good. He's just trying to make stuff as best he can. And he loves stuff. Man, he talked about how great everyone else is and had a lot of interesting recommendations for other games and movies and books and stuff to, to check out for a long time. Uh, really fun to talk with Richard Hoffmeyer. Check it out on iTunes when it goes up and on YouTube, Detoid TV when it goes up there too. Should be soon. And then this Sunday, I'm just checking the schedule, it looks like Jasper Byrne will be back. We haven't had him on in a while. Didn't we have him on like last July maybe? He is the creator of Lone Survivor. And he is also making a new game, which I think he is still just calling New Game Plus, which is a multiplayer action game. 
It is, uh, I think, up to four players can play it at once. Very different from Lone Survivor. Very kind of upbeat, fun, focused on surprises and uh, interacting with uh, the game mechanics in ways that feel new every time you play it as adding the variables of various players together makes it uh, new and fun every time. So that'll be great. And also Lone Survivor is coming to PS3 and PS Vita, so we'll be talking about the new content that's coming there. And to see how it's going for Jasper. He is a very interesting guy, a very lovable guy. I'm looking forward to talking to him again. I think that's everything. Maybe there'll be a new talk fast going up this week, Conrad, maybe? Uh, I think probably, yeah. Probably sometime okay. over the weekend. Yeah. That could happen, too. That'll be fun. Um, I think that's all I'm doing. And that's it. We did it. We did it, guys. I'm going to spend the rest of the evening just staring at this Belladonna bitch fist and and resisting. <laughs> so many things involving a thing that could go into a butt. Yeah. For you. That's good. That's 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 life. <laughs> and that is the end of our humble play. Good evening. That was the end. <laughs>